0: Hello and welcome to Rum Cake to Happiness. I am your host Carleen Ross and I am so excited to be here today. This is our very very first episode and I am stoked. So as you know our podcast is basically going to be about having conversations about mental health and well-being and it's mainly going to be within the black and the minority communities. Here is our disclaimer, just in case, because I don't want any problems. So our disclaimer is that this podcast is in no way a replacement for medical opinions or resources. These are the opinions and insights solely on the host and her guest appearing in each episode. So, with that said, let's dive in to this newest and our very first episode. Our topic today is going to be about, obviously, mental health and well-being, but it's actually going to be a little bit personal for me because today we're going to talk about my very first exposure to mental illness and physical challenged children. So I'll give you a little bit about my background. So I am Jamaican. I was born and raised in Jamaica. Um, from Jamaican parents. I came to Canada when I was six years old and when I came to Canada um, obviously I didn't know anything about the country um, but I got adapted to it very well because you know as children you get adapted very quickly to your environment. Um, So I remember my mom being an only um, sorry being an only child and my mom being a single parent and we had this rule when I started school in grade one. Now, this is back in the 90, in the 70s. So you have to be, you know, a little bit understanding. But back in the 70s, things were obviously done very differently. Um, so what used to happen? I used to go to school. My mom would put a house key around my neck. And the key would go in my shirt, so nobody knew that I had it, and the expectation was that she'd walk me to school in the mornings and after school at 3.30 or whenever school was over, I would be responsible to walk home by myself, open the door, go inside, and stay there until she got home, which was usually 30 to 60 minutes later. So that was the expectation, and that is what I knew that I would do. I was responsible enough to do that. And I actually was responsible enough to do that because I remember doing it every day. So one day, my mom actually was home during the day, and I wasn't aware of this. So what had been happening was during school, we would have a lunch break, And I would go into the cafeteria with all the other grade 1s and grade 2s and grade 3s or however, whatever grades were there. And we would sit down, we'd take out our lunch bag and we'd, you know, sit down and have our lunch. But for me, it was kind of weird because I kept on seeing this small group of children that acted differently, that looked differently, you know, they behaved differently. And they couldn't walk around or move the way that we could. They didn't look like we did. Um, Some of them would, you know, kind of take their hand and beat themselves in the head. Other ones would kind of like scream out, um, you know, just yell out these things, these words that I didn't even understand. Or they would speak, but it would sound differently, you know. And so... I kind of felt weird because at six years old, I didn't really understand that there could be differences in how people behaved and, you know, how they acted. Like, in my mind, kids were just kids. But I kept on seeing this small group of kids, and it really made me feel uncomfortable. And I couldn't understand what was happening. Like, nobody ever put me aside and said, you know, Carlene... You know, when you go to school and you're having lunch, there's going to be a small group of kids who, um, you know, they act a little differently and whatever the case is. Nobody ever did that. My teacher never talked to me about it. You know, nobody ever talked about it. But I just knew that when I was when it was lunchtime, I kind of dreaded going to the cafeteria because these kids made me feel uncomfortable. Sometimes they would drool or they would spit out their food or, you know, whatever else would happen would make me feel really uncomfortable. So back to the day that I kind of wanted not to be around that anymore, I took my little six-year-old self and at lunchtime, instead of after school, I walked my little self home, pushed the key in the door, and decided that I was going to go home for lunch, eat my lunch, and go back to school without anybody knowing. Well, when I got in the door, who was there but my mom? For some reason, she was home. And I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. So she was like, what are you doing home? So immediately I remember started crying. I was like, I don't want to go to school. I don't like those kids. And she's like, what are you talking about? And so I proceeded to tell her that there were these kids at school and I didn't want them to eat with me because they drooled and they spit out their food. And, you know, as a six-year-old would explain through tears, I explained to her why I didn't want to be there at lunchtime. And so I walked home because I didn't want to be around it. And then I would walk back to school and then come home after school. And I was perfectly fine in doing that. Well, my mother's a Jamaican mother, okay? So the first thing was like, Stop the crying. And what kind of foolishness is that? So (laughs) I had to kind of explain myself a little bit further to say that it made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't want to be around it. So what I remember in my mind, though, is that she didn't explain anything to me about how I felt. She was actually more concerned of the fact that I took my six-year-old self and left the school property at lunchtime to go home by myself and to go back to school and that this was a common practice and she knew nothing about it. So that was actually what I got scolded for. But the fact that I had this uncomfortable, uncomfortable feeling and just didn't know, you know, why I had to be around these types of kids, nothing was explained to me. You know, it was just kind of like, get back to school, and. Nothing was really talked about. So between my mom and between my teachers or, you know, the lunchroom staff, nothing was really explained. And so in my mind, I kind of just, I don't know, accepted it that some kids were quote unquote weird and some kids were not and or what normal should look like. And so when I think about this being six years old and not really knowing what to think or how to behave, you know, it's kind of like, as a parent now, in hindsight, looking back, I think that if someone had stopped to talk to me about what to expect, or when I'm in the space of these children, what to expect, or now that I'm in the space with these children, here's how... You know, they may act and, and it's okay that they're like this because, you know, they have different challenges or whatever the case is. If someone had stopped to explain that to me um, after me, you know, kind of feeling, being, feeling uncomfortable, then I think that I would have taken things a lot better and I would have moved forward with an understanding of what I was dealing with. But I kind of just like was left to my own devices of thought. And nothing was ever kind of really explained. So going back for me, it's like when I think about being exposed to the mentally challenged or the physically challenged, back in the day, nobody really talked about it. And I can only speak, you know, from a Caribbean household perspective, is that those things are not really talked about. You know, like when you think about people who you feel act a little differently Or, you know, just do things that are a little bit off. It's not really talked about. And I think mainly within, you know, minority groups, I can say, or minority communities, that a lot of the time when we talk about mental illness, um, we talk and we feel, the feel about, the feeling about it is more, you know, shame or embarrassment Um, Or fear, like you're fearful of the unknown, you don't know what's happening, what's going on, why are these, why do people behave the way they do? Um, And so I feel that because we tend to look at it that way, that it's something that just, especially back in the day, it just wasn't discussed. You know, it wasn't our business of how other people behaved. You ignore it, you move on with yourself, and you mind your business. And In minority communities, I can say that I think that a lot of the times there are a lot of pressures that are put on children to be the best version of themselves. And when we say the best version of themselves, we're talking about parents with high expectation. You know, education is huge. So You need to be highly educated, focus on your schooling. You need to to look good and represent your family well at all times. And everything that you do and how you represent yourself to people is an extension of how people look at your family. And so when you have someone who perhaps is struggling with mental health, I think that parents, first and foremost, who are not comfortable with something like mental illness or the possibility of mentally ill children or people in their family in general who could possibly be struggling with mental illness, the first thing they feel are those things. They feel embarrassed, you know? They feel that you're kind of bringing shame and discomfort to the family. Um, And so it's hard for people to seek help because they just feel like sometimes they have nowhere to go. And back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, I mean, these things were not discussed. Like I can tell you that when I used to see people as a teenager and I knew that they were a little off or behaved, you know, silly or, you know, you can just tell that something wasn't right, um, we would just think that they're mad, you know? And I don't mean mad as in like angry. I mean mad as in like mad in the head. You know, that's how we used to refer to them. And it wasn't something that we paid attention to or tried to, you know, be educated on or try to help them with. It was just like, okay, she's mad. So let me just go over here, you know. And back in the day, that's typically how things were. So it's very interesting to me when I can think back to my six-year-old self and kind of remember the whole situation with my schooling, with my lunch period of how uncomfortable it made me, you know, and then exposing that uncomfortableness or is that a word, exposing that feeling or those emotions to my mom and her not knowing what to do with it, but instead just kind of, you know, reprimanding me for leaving property because it wasn't safe, obviously, but not finding a way to kind of, you know, talk to me about why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And I remember actually, she actually took me back to school and she talked to my teacher about it and was upset that they had allowed me to sneak off the school property, first of all. So she gave them heck for that. But secondly, that, um, you know, I didn't feel comfortable in the same space with these children who were seemingly so different. And the teacher, didn't she never talked to me about it. You know, it was just kind of, oh, Carleen, you know, you know, you're not supposed to leave the school property and that was not good and blah, blah, blah. And they kind of reprimanded me for that. Same as my mom did. But again, no one took the time to sit down and to talk to me about my feelings. And so I want this podcast to really be about educating people about mental health, educating people about being okay to talk about situations and to share their experiences, even though, you know, it might seem like a really, you know, inappropriate experience at times or, you know, things were done wrong. And, you know, in this day and age, it would be frowned upon. Yes, yes, yes. I understand all of that. But that was back in the day. We're talking like 1978 people. So, I mean, I know that things have come a long way. And I know that times have changed and we're doing a really good job, I feel, nowadays in trying to become more educated and trying to be more involved um, in understanding people who are struggling with mental illness, with physical challenges, um, you know, And everybody looks different that are going through these things. You know, we all know that sometimes you look perfectly fine and you go through life seemingly perfectly fine. But behind the scenes, it's a train wreck. And those are people who are struggling every day with mental illness. So I'm really excited about this podcast. And I'm hoping that anyone who's listening who might be, you know, in the stage now where they are parents of young kids who perhaps have questions and who seem to maybe feel uncomfortable around other children or around people in general with physical challenges, mental challenges, whatever it may be. I'm really hoping that you kind of heard me when I was saying how important I think it is to take the time to sit down and have that conversation with your children and let them know that it's okay to feel uncomfortable. But here is, you know, the explanation as to um, why people are different. You know, everyone is different in their own way and why it's okay to be different and just to kind of help them understand first their emotions and second um you know to accept the fact that people are different and to be kind and mindful about things like that and not to just leave them you know in their own thoughts Um, i think it's super super important so anyway um that's the all that i have to talk about in this specific episode Um, basically my six-year-old self being exposed to mental and physically challenged children. Uh, It's definitely a memory that I have um, in my mind and it's very clear as to what happened, how I was feeling, and you know the fact that things just weren't explained to me and kind of left me looking for my own answers. So again I hope that anyone who is listening will take the opportunity to think about it and to share with their own children if they are going through something like that. And um, on that note, I think we've reached the end of our show. I thank you, thank you, thank you for popping in with me. And, you know, listening to what we have to say, it's my very first podcast. So like I said, I'm super excited. And this is a topic that's very important to me as well. So the next episode we have, I hope to have a special guest where we can dive into, um, you know, other stories and opinions and we can share things with you that hopefully will be um, of value and of interest. And so until next time, I thank you for joining me on Rum Cake to Happiness. I'm your host, Carleen. Until next time.